moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. host Mylene today sitting in Germany there's a loving uh, color outside beautiful bright you can see it in the back on uh, my wall because the play of the leaves in this fall of the sun is very beautiful and everyone I really miss the colors the play of colors from uh, the US and I have today a special guest with me who has outside, if he looks outside, a beautiful play on color of all those reds, oranges, and uh, greens at the moment. Hello, Maury, you're in Ontario, right? Yes, I am, Mylene. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And yeah, actually, most of the leaves are gone now Oh, already, mm -hmm. but a, a couple of weeks ago, it was stunning. I'm actually a drone pilot as well, and I got some absolutely beautiful scenery shots of the fall colors and i saw those you showed them to me and i uh, was mesmerized and very inspired by your images and i could feel uh, the love you have uh, for nature maury very very strongly and you pick up on that and it, it was like you had a conversation uh, with the trees that was very not, beautiful. not just that but I'm grateful to you because, and many of my clients will be grateful to you because of you, I have a new product, which oh. will be coming out soon. Yeah. Just because of your inspiration with the fall colors and the smoothness of the drone, it's a very relaxing view. I'm going to be creating special brainwave entrainment, incorporating those videos with it to help people to get in touch with nature and feel more grounded. Oh, everyone, you need to listen um, to Maury's uh, brainwaves entrainments because I think he's a brainwave magician. I met, I heard Maury, wow, um, maybe 10 years ago for the first time when I was starting my adventure out into the world, learning as much as possible about spirituality, of how to create interviews. And I heard an interview with you. And so that's why I'm extra happy to have met you now. It is really um, like having met a, uh, 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 not like a brother, but in a way, yes, in a brother, because you have such a fun way to you. 
And when we spoke last time, and also now, there is a liveliness within me. And I don't know, everyone, if you can hear that at the moment, or please do also check out the video, because today it's, I had to make a video, <laughs> because the images that Maury has on his screen behind him say more than a thousand words, I believe. So if you hear this now on a podcast, maybe take a few moments um, and go look at Moving to Oneness, the YouTube channel, and look at those images. And I'll try to describe them for a second to you. Um, he has two brains drawn that I can view from the top down. And that's why also wearing a T-shirt in his colors, because as every one <laughs> of you know, I love to play with color. It's, it's my artist side, right? And where he shows so beautifully, and I'll ask you about this also, you, and so you can share a little bit about your really passion. It's, it's more like a, it's really a calling for you to bring the uh, chaos that we have created as human beings in our brain through maybe cultural structures, social structures, experiences, traumas, um, maybe even a wrong nutrition, and you have found out a way to bring calmness. And what is so interesting about the image from the calmness, uh, the, the chaos from the calmness, it is the balance and the harmony. It is like you an exhale of a relaxing into your own being. When I look at the image you have created, Maury. So I would like you to, to go further back in your life and share with the audience what brought you to even think about the brain and then maybe even sure how you started with these magical sounds to create this beauty for people thank you i will just to, to clarify i want people to understand that when they do check it out on youtube they're going to see uh, a topographical representation of the brain on my left side and my right side and one side will have the word chaos, the other side calm. I want you to understand that the representations of color and pattern are representative of states. They are not actual brainwave topography scans. That's not really how the, you know, the electricity moves in the brain, how the activity moves in the brain. It's designed to give you a, a conceptualization, a visualization mm -hmm. of what you can expect in terms of what makes sense to our minds. So the one side over my left shoulder will be kind of disjointed and uneven. And then on the other side, the right side, it's more uh, serene. It's, it's more stable. It's more balanced. That isn't actually how the brain looks in those states, mm. but it's a representation that we all can understand because very few of us are neurologists and can actually read brain scans. So rather than showing real brain scans, which wouldn't have any meaning to anybody, I've given representations that would make sense to people. Yeah, it's like so. a minimalization, right? So even at the artist or landscape architect, right? We yeah. have these big visions. There's so much going on, but the, the, the more complex it is, we find a way uh, through minimal strokes of our uh, uh, painting to really get the message abroad. And I right. think you did a fantastic job with that because it, you can, I can sense right away the calmness and the 
Yeah. Expansiveness. So, so now that I've gotten that out of the way, it's just that occasionally I have someone who's done a little neurology, <laughs> a little mm -hmm. biology say, but that's not a real brain scan. That isn't what it looks like. So I just wanted to explain that it's a representation. It's not okay. actually a scan. So how I got involved in this in the first place is interesting. The first 40 years of my life, over 350,400 hours of my life, I lived in deep, dark depression. And if you're anywhere where you can see the color black, I'd like you to observe that for a moment and think about it as being my brightest day. That's pretty much how my life was for over four wow. decades. And, oh, don't feel bad for me. It's, I'm a happy, happy guy. And it's all because of lessons I learned from it all. So no need to feel bad for no, me. No, we can feel at, it. <laughs> yeah. At the time, I wasn't too pleased because I wasn't too smart. And I wasn't seeing it for what it was, a lesson as opposed to, you know, something that I should be judging as good or bad. Uh, but basically, I used to wake up every morning, literally cross my fingers, stand up on my bed, draw my curtains, and hope I would see mushroom clouds. And if I didn't see mushroom clouds, it meant I had to live through another day, and that made me sick. I tried to kill myself a bunch of times, but let's face it. If you want to kill yourself, it's actually pretty easy to do. And the fact that I wasn't doing it meant that more of me wanted to live than wanted to die. And that kind of set me off understanding that it's time now for me to learn, like to go get help. Because <laughs> I went through a lot of years thinking everyone was like I was. So I didn't do anything about it. I just assumed everybody was like that. But then I started seeing people smiling all the time and I'm thinking, well, why are they smiling? And when I smile, I'm faking it, but they don't look like they're faking it. And uh, I'd see them laughing and having fun and being successful and all these things that I wasn't. And I, like most people, I just got even more depressed thinking, you know, what did I do in a previous life to deserve this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And, uh, or even in this life for that matter, to, you know, to do, to deserve feeling the way I felt. I, I researched, I researched, I researched, I did everything I could do and I couldn't find anything to help me. But then I came across this thing called brainwave entrainment. And it was kind of like two roads merging. One road was my research, which was realizing and slowly forming in my mind that there must be something wrong with my brain because it struck me that, well, if I feel bad, where's that coming from? It's coming from here. And in my research, as I'm researching physiology and neurobiology and you know, neurochemistry and quantum physics, I'm realizing, understand I have no training in any of these things. This is just some desperate individual who, who is losing hope fast, if he ever had hope. Uh, you know, grasping at straws, trying to find something to hold on to, to, to realize and get something out of life, get something quality out of life. And I realized that there must be something up with my brain. So I started researching the brain more than psychology. And, and I started learning about neurochemistry. And basically I conceived of the idea that our thoughts create brainwave patterns and then our brainwave patterns create chemistry and that chemistry creates 
the feeling we've decided to feel. So for, in my case, I decided to hate life and feel depressed, you know, among a thousand other things. Mm -hmm. But so my brain waves were creating this chemistry, this soup that when I drank it made me feel like crap. And then feeling like crap made me think more negative thoughts, which made more negative chemistry and so on and so forth. It's a cycle of depression. And it made sense. And I got hopeful because then I thought, well, okay, if my thoughts are creating the negative chemistry, what I call negative chemistry, it's not really negative chemistry, but what I call it, then if I change my thoughts and I'm right about thoughts creating the you know, the brainwave activity, which then creates the chemistry. Then if I change my thoughts, that should change how I feel because that should change my chemistry and I should feel better. So I went about trying to change my thoughts. No matter what I tried, I couldn't change my thoughts. They just kept coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back. And I'm sure many people out there can understand that feeling of knowing what they're thinking is not serving them, but not being able to do anything about it anyway. And I tried everything I could find. I was, like I said, I'm researching, researching, researching. I'm, I'm guinea, being my own guinea pig on many things and nothing's helping me. But then I came across this thing called brainwave entrainment. And at that point, you know, I'm not a bad researcher at that point. And it seemed to me to be my answer. Because if I can't change my thoughts, I have to figure out a way to change my chemistry. Because if the thought creates the chemistry and then the chemistry creates more thoughts, well, the thought was hopeless for me. I couldn't change that. <laughs> but if I could change the chemistry, then conversely, that should change my thinking, which would then change the future chemistry and, you know, that way. Yeah. So I was further disappointed when that didn't work. But it struck me that maybe I needed, instead of getting further depressed, that this isn't working for me, maybe I need to take more control. I need to take more action. So I started really delving into neurobiological research. And what I came up with was that the actual frequencies, depending on the region of the brain that they're exposed to, create chemistry. And in my mind that was scattered and all over the place, I wasn't producing enough of a stable brainwave state to produce enough neurochemistry. Because remember, my philosophy is that if you get brainwave activity in certain rate in certain regions at certain frequencies, it produces endorphins, hormones, neurotransmitters. These are all different brain chemicals. And when that happens, that allows you to feel however you've chosen to feel, whether that's good, bad, indifferent excited, unexcited, turned on, turned off, happy, sad, whatever. That all comes from your brain activity, which creates the chemistry. And I thought, okay, maybe the whole reason for me going through all of this is because I'm supposed to innovate. Yes. So I started innovating and I started creating. Now, one of the symptoms I had, one of the many symptoms I had were thousands of voices in my head all the time. So imagine you're at a rock concert or any concert for that matter, or a sporting event and you're in the intermission and everybody's talking all at once and you hear that din of noise. Well, the same volume you might hear my voice at now, that's how I heard thousands and thousands of voices every waking moment of my life for over 40 years. Well, I created my first recording 
which was a beta version. Back then, I didn't call it a beta. It was just tester. And when I was listening to it, I really didn't notice anything. But then when it ended about five minutes later, and I'm estimating here, it might've been longer, it might've been shorter. Suddenly I noticed the volume on the voices going up, which meant the voices were gone for the first time in my life. Mm. All because I listened to one 30 minute recording. And that got me scared <laughs> first <laughs> because you know you get used to it, right? And then all of a sudden, but then I realized, wow, this might actually help me. And I started working harder and harder and harder and developing new techniques and new ways of doing things. And eventually the voices are gone. I mean, I it used to be at the point a few, even a few years ago where I would recount this story and I could start hearing the voices building in my head. And then when I finished the story, the voices would dwindle and go away again. Now the voices don't even come back oh, that's really interesting. when I talk about it. Yeah. And that's just one symptom of what I was going through. Everything changed when I started listening to these. One thing I noticed, and I noticed this with my clients all the time, is that, you know, when was the last time, Mylene, that you noticed your big toe on your left foot? Every single day I fall over my okay. toes. Okay. <laughs> she falls over her toes. But that's my point. Yeah. When you stub your toe, when you do something, that's when you notice it. Mm -hmm. And if your toe hurts because you have arthritis, pick another part of your body that you don't notice unless you hit it. Yeah. Because we have been brought up in our culture not to notice when things are working perfectly. But we are taught to notice pain and dis-ease. Yeah, from so, small on, right? In, in school and yeah. anything, I can't remember... Uh, when I was younger from many teachers, I never heard anything or other people, they always see the criticize. Yeah. And so say what we can improve. And I also see it as a mother, how even nowadays uh, parents speak to their children. And even sometimes I pull up an old saying that, you know, yeah. just comes out that I had heard so often and I said, whoops, what do I speak? What am I saying to uh, my son or another person or my partner? Yeah, is it really uh, it, this with judgment and uh, but it also has dissolved. There's rarely a judgment, but that's so people are so trained to receive in a way um, acknowledgement or uh, Aufmerksamkeit, we say in German, that yeah. someone uh, gives them attention through criticism. And so we, we train ourselves probably to to be more alert uh, for that as well. Sure. It's criticism. It's pain. It's all these things. But mm -hmm. when, you know, one trick I use with my clients is if you have pain, just put your attention on a part of your body that doesn't have pain. And you'll likely notice the pain level you feel in that area that was hurting go down a lot yeah, just because you're not giving it attention. You're at the dentist, yeah. Or if you get an up, you know, an operation and you're afraid of feeling yeah. something, you think about something else. I, I actually have an 80 minute recording which is okay. used specifically for dental appointments. Oh, see? Perfect. Yeah. And <laughs> what's funny is I've never released it to the public. I think I will. Maybe I'll give and it away as a bonus. No, I think I'll give it as a bonus. <laughs> yeah, a I'll reason. give it as a bonus for people. I don't think I'll yes. charge them for it, but I'll yeah, give them perfect. as a bonus. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. So once I realized that something could actually change, I started really going crazy into this and I started going you know, doing a lot more research and 
in a specific area. And I started designing newer and different types of stimulation because I want to have something for everybody. And a lot of people's alarm bells are going off now saying, but you can't have something for everybody. Oh, yes, you can, and because we exactly. all understand each other. And, I, and that's why, you know, I, I said uh, I invited you to this show because I see so much more in you uh, than just creating something for one person for your interest mm. in improving and supporting humanity. Uh, now, in the beginning, though, it was totally selfish. Because remember, my world was, was only selfish, me. It but was all what dark. What made you do that, right? Even for me, I, I think I was selfish too. I remember, you know, I was more a quiet girl, shut down because I was too much of a channel when I was a very young girl. Yeah. So I remember when I went back, I think through the Korean, whatever. I just wanted to have more energy. I wanted, I had a driver. Oh, I wanted to feel I did this. I even practiced going in front of the room after the yoga session and speaking what yeah. I felt because he said, oh, if you do that, you'll have more, get more energy, more, I, you know, it's really the higher vibration, right? Because he, sure. and I, I did that. So in a way that was for me also selfish, but it was a way of remembering of what all the things I can do and that uh, come easy to me. So now energy, it, that's what I live for. Uh, you can give a different words for sending frequency. If I use the, the words or the sounds that come, or if I use the, the warmth or uh, the coolness that comes out of my body, if I lay it on some uh, person or even paint, right? So this, uh, interest of going really the energy at the end was to go into a different state and your work does the same and in many uh, plateaus I've been I, I also went like you through things of a depression in a little way of or in, 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 for me then I, I, I'm alone for a long time and I don't go out into the world until I have digested something and then I go out into the world and that has come over and over. Or I always said, oh, I've never experienced. How can I speak about it? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I had a new experience. Painful, right? Uh, or or a sad. And uh, nowadays, I even say, bring it on, bring it on. The more sad I am, the happier I can be afterwards. Oh, and that gives me a, an idea as well. When I... I Love to listen to the infinite mind. It was about the brain when I lived in Atlanta uh, uh, in NPR, American. There was an American uh, radio station, everyone. And I loved his show. And he spoke one day about Schumann. And Schumann was uh, uh, man manic depressive. And the important part I took out of that uh, story he told on the show was, so when Schumann, when he wrote his um, uh, beautiful music, he, before he could write, he fell into this depression. But when he came out, he was able in a way to be higher than uh, the criticism of other people. And then he wrote and he didn't care what he wrote because he was always ahead of his time, right? And so this get, gave a movement. So there is something where this, where we come out of something and have this like an extra energy maybe if you can call it this, Amori, uh, or, or um, that catapults us into these different heights. And I think your music, no, I don't even think I know, your music 
supports bringing all of us uh, into a higher vibration into a certain state that is similar to our natural state where we all really i think have a a, a, a drive or a, to get to right where we connect it again with nature and everything out there and your sounds do it in a very very quick way so everyone do explore his music Go ahead. I yeah, I, I'm you. not sure I'd call it music, but <laughs> yeah, yeah don't tones. don't expect to it's hear music. music. It's really pulsing tones, and uh, you know, in some cases, uh, pulsing and flickering light imagery as well. Uh, you see, what what my stuff does, and it's interesting the way you were wording these experiences. But for me, it's and, and we're probably saying the same thing. But for me, it's not a matter of you're being brought down, you're being brought up. It's a matter of when you understand something as an experience for a lesson, you don't judge it as bad. When yes. you judge something as bad or evil, you back away from it and you resist it and you don't learn anything from it. That's why it took me 40 years to figure it out because <laughs> I was backing away thinking yeah, everything but is bad. Think about where you're going to go. So, you know, you're probably going to write for 120 years. You're going to enrich and it's just going to go incrementally higher. But so that's because you learned your lesson. Why was it such a long time? What was, so what are you bringing to us? What are you bringing to the world? What are you developing now at the moment that is, I still believe it's unfathomed at the moment, right? But you, this is going to be a gift to all of us. That's what I sense really deeply inside. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But really, I'm unimportant in the formula. What, what my work does is it helps to bring you back into your normal state. Thousands of years ago, when we were, you know, cave dwellers, if we were cave dwellers, you know, however you want to believe it, when we were still in lower in the evolutionary chain, but still human, more or less, we still had a brain, we still had a nose, we still had eyes, we still had ears, we still had a mouth and a tongue and all the basic body parts were the same. Our lives were much easier. Yes. We had no concept of the past or the future. We just lived in the now or an exist. I mean, everybody lives in the now, but our consciousness existed in the now as well. We basically woke up, we went to the washroom, we ate, we drank, we hunted, we gathered, we ate more, we had sex, and then we went to sleep and it started all over again. That was our life. And the thing about having a life like that is that it's pretty stress-free, really, when you get down to it, especially compared to what we go through now. So I conceived that that's how the brain was designed, even though it's evolved since then, it hasn't evolved that much since then. And it was designed to experience stabilized brain frequencies over periods of time. The longer you're in a frequency the more of the neurochemistry your brain is going to produce. Also consider the fact that back then we didn't eat genetically modified foods. Everything we ate was fresh. Everything we ate was natural and normal. So we're putting in nothing but healthy material and our brains are producing stable frequencies. I'm hypothesizing. I obviously can't prove any of this, but 
So what happens is our brains are producing stabilized frequencies for longer periods of time, which means we're getting more production naturally of various endorphins, hormones, and transmitters. As a result of that, that's how the brain is designed. Now flash forward to now, especially with what's going on now, but even before we, our brain patterns are all over the place. We don't have longer than a few seconds probably at any one frequency being dominant in our brain. As a result, as soon as, you know, the chemistry is starting to be produced, you're already moving on to a different frequency. And because of that, you're not getting the proper quantity, literally the proper quantity of different chemistry that your brain, by the way, and your body, by the way, is designed for. Because even though we've evolved, it doesn't mean the basic design, you know, isn't still there. Imagine riding a bicycle and the front tire is flat. The rear tire has half the air. The brakes don't really work. Say the left side of the brake works. The right side doesn't. Uh, the steering is all wobbly. That's kind of how we're expected to live. Yeah. It's the same idea. And it's not a wonder why we're stressed and why we have a hard time staying happy and even being happy in the first place and why we don't function normally because we're being asked to function and operate in a way that is incongruous with how we were designed physically. Yeah. So, and that's so, so why that's, we're like that. Yeah. And, and I think that's exactly why your uh, entrainments, brave with entrainments are so, I would say even powerful because you can just listen to them. You don't have to worry. You, you don't, don't even have, have to listen to them. All yeah, you have you to can, do is right, be exposed you can do it to them. Sleep, just, you know, yeah. put them on, put your head, great headphones on so you can hear it. The, the vast. Okay, that, that's the one thing I want to clarify. You don't need great headphones. I got these on Amazon for 10 bucks. Uh, see, just, okay. <laughs> just ordinary stereo over the ear headphones. That's all you need. And that's my point. Because when you get exposed to these frequencies, it trains your brain, retrains your brain how to behave naturally. You actually get, depending on who you are and, and whether you use it regularly or not, you can get 5, 10, 15, even 20 or 25 minutes of stable dominant brainwave activity, which means you're getting more of the natural neurochemistry that yeah. your brain produces. You're not taking pills. You're not taking an injection. You're not smoking anything. And it creates these natural chemicals that your brain is designed to function on well. So it's not surprising that your car operates better after it's tuned up, that your bicycle works better when you pump all the tires up with the proper air pressure and you fix your brakes and you fix that wobble in your front wheel. Mm -hmm. Everything works better when it's in tune, when it's in sync. And, and luckily, your music helps us to, to yeah. bring our body back in tune. And it doesn't matter if it is, you know, if, uh, to concentrate, um, uh, to be more creative, Mm -hmm. To restructure just the body can find itself again, how it wants to function more optimal. Uh, uh, right? It's called I homeostasis. I did that for my body too, yeah. right? I connect mm -hmm. uh, up. So then when I do get sometimes and my body is not in alignment with my, my optimal uh, condition, then I start shaking in the brain. I can sense that in the brain is functioning and changing. Uh, and then I, I, my body shifts. I can feel it all over. I walk different when I'm more in tune and the, the, the brain is alert and filled. I, I sense it's like filled and in harmony. There is no uh, a contraction um, when it 
right? And if we have no yep. contraction, uh, we're in the flow. That is, uh, we're connected to everything. It's like all going out. You're in a good mood and you can dance. So everyone take uh, Maury up on his work. Go and research him a little bit. Explore his beautiful tones. I have to channel once in a while to get some <laughs> beautiful beings, right? To help me um, bring those tones uh, through. But these tones do change. They have a very precise um, mission. And so open up your mind, everyone. Open up to what can be, what is to be. And see what it happened, what it, uh, how those tones, in a way, co-create with you. So, Maury, how can anyone reach you the best or reach your work the best? Well, the best way to reach my work from this point, at least to be introduced, and you'll even get a special recording called Alpha Flight, which will... It was actually designed, I, I was, okay, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. I was asked by a doctor in the United States who has a large group of clients, executives who fly a lot, or at least used to fly a lot. <laughs> and uh, they had problems with jet lag and, you know, various emotional issues that crop up from being away from family. So she asked me to create a specific recording that could help them with mm -hmm. rebalancing after their flights so that they're not disjointed. They're not kind of out of time and out of sync with their families, with themselves and with their work. So I created this recording called alpha flight. And basically it takes them into a specialized alpha frequency that allows their brain to calm, recenter and re-energize. And, you know, we give that because I understand I'm not selling apples and oranges. So you need to be able to test drive what I'm offering so Beautiful. you can see if it's going to work for you. And the idea here is that everybody has a brain. And because you have a brain, there's a feature in your brain called the frequency following response. And you all know what it is, whether you're aware of it or not. It's simply the matter of you hear music you like and you start bopping your head. And you don't even know you're doing that, but you're doing it, right? Or you're tapping your foot or you're moving your arms. That's a form of entrainment. So you're already familiar with entrainment anyway. Yeah. What happens is these recordings will help to entrain your brain. Once you try out Alpha Flight, we'll let you know about something that's more involved, more experiential, and more life-changing. And then you can try that and see how that goes for you, as long as it resonates with you. The thing that I require from everybody is don't do something because you feel desperate. Do something because you want to. And in my experience, when you want to, things always work better for you. Oh, and beautiful if you're desperate and you want to, that's fine. Because my desperation helped create this technology. So there's certainly a benefit to having desperation as well. But understand that the same person can use Alpha Flight or any of my systems, frankly, exactly the same way at exactly the same time in exactly the same room. And everybody's going to get different results. Because the most important facet, the most important function of any of my systems is your brain. Without your brain, my systems are useless. Without you using them properly, my systems are useless. The minute you do anything, the minute you do yoga, 
The minute you go for a bike ride, the minute you go for a walk, that's you doing it. You have made the decision to use something or do something properly. You need to pat yourself on the back. You need to feel good about yourself. It doesn't matter who creates what. It doesn't matter how brilliant my stuff might or may not be. It doesn't matter how brilliant anybody else's products or services or philosophies might be. When you adopt them and make them your own, that's when they have power. So you need to understand that you're the one ultimately with all the power anyway. And all these things are, are tools. Look, the last time you used a hammer, did you consider being grateful for whoever invented the hammer or a screwdriver or the toothbrush or (laughs) toilet paper? You know, I, I don't think it's important that you know who did it, but I don't know who created any of these things, but I can tell you, I'm very grateful for all of them. And I make sure that I'm grateful when I use these things. And that's what you need to have an attitude of gratitude so that you appreciate, you don't need to appreciate the people themselves, but you can appreciate what they've created because what they've created when you use it properly, and that's really important when you use it properly, that's when your life can change. That's when everything gets better for you. So please understand that you are the one with the power. You always have the power. And if you feel like you've given away your power, or if you feel like somebody else has stolen your power, that's simply going on in your head. No one can steal your power. No one can take it away from you. You, if you believe they've stolen it, if you believe you've given it away, then you don't look for it and you feel like you don't have it. But rest assured, you always have your power. You are a individual, but you are also part of a collective. You are a cell in the embodiment of humankind, of all life for that matter. And the more we love each other, the more we trust each other, the more we take care of each other, the more we are making for a healthy, complete organism. So if you feel like disliking someone, if someone does something to you that just ticks you off all the time, wish for them to be happy don't wish for bad things because trust me, I have yet to meet someone who's happy, who does anything that is destructive or anything that's wrong. Mm. If you truly want someone to stop being that a-hole that you think they are, <laughs> then smile and help, yes, that's what you I know, think. make them feel good, <laughs> make them feel better because when they feel better, that trait that you that's perceive the in them will go, go away. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Maury. And uh, for you listening, it's Maury Salkovich. And I'll put more information anywhere. I'll post our, our, our beautiful podcast. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Maury, for uh, sharing your wisdom. You have to come back. You, so you have such Anytime. vast wisdom. We can talk more about the cosmic magic the, that you ca- carry. And um, so everyone... Connect with us on uh, Facebook, in our Facebook group, Moving to Oneness. He'll be in there as well. And thank you again. I'm Mylene, and I wish you a beautiful day. Mm-hmm.